I'm Tom Cavanaugh, and you're listening to the Flash Podcast. Pocket for all things you to CW, CW's The Flash, starring Grant Gustin as Barry Allen Slash, The Flash. I'm one of your hosts, Andy B, as always, and with me is the talented, the geek-tastical Amy Marie. How are you doing tonight? I like the word geek-tastical. I, I, Fantastic. I, 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 well, that's, that's, that's a great thing with words. We can make them up, and, you know, I mean, if Sincerely gets in the dictionary, then I'm sure geek-tastical can get in there, too. So, maybe we need <laughs> to do a, a t-shirt campaign or, like, a... You know, a campaign of some sort. You know, I, I like Geektastical. Um, but before we get to this week's episode of The Flash, um, Amy, do we have any Flash news we want to discuss or any news related to something Flash-related? <laughs> well, we don't have any news news as a, uh, regarding the TV series. However, uh, our podcast is doing a giveaway with the artist uh, known on Twitter as Odyssey Art Torch. His name is Brian. Brian is fantastic, and Brian has this gorgeous, gorgeous print that we will be giving away. So if you follow us on Twitter, it's really easy. All you have to do is follow at Odyssey Art Torch. That's like Odyssey the book slash epic poem. Art Torch on Twitter. And then tag and mention three hashtag flash friends, which I thought was a very clever hashtag that we came up with so basically you just write a post and you're like hey at odyssey art torch i love this print i hope i win tag at lauren underscore galloway at andy behegbrick i can't say your last name andy i sincerely apologize for that i just butchered you, you, it you were almost there and then uh then a third person the goal is that we are trying to share how awesome brian's art is mm-hmm. so if you want to be entered to win the giveaway closes on Sunday, May 8th. We will announce the winner on May 10th. You can go to our Twitter page at The Flash Podcast to see all the information and to retweet that treat, tweet. Best way to get the most entries is retweet that tweet with a quote. And in that quote, tag your three Flash friends and say, hey, this is awesome. And be sure to follow at Odyssey Art Torch because, yes, we are checking. Yes. And. Uh, we're definitely checking as well. And yes, it is international. So anyone who's listening to this podcast, if you're from, you know, Germany or Italy or any anywhere, anywhere in the world, you can enter as well. And so on because we, you know, it will be shipped internationally. And uh, you got to meet Brian at uh, Heroes Fan Fest last year, right? Yeah, I stopped by real brief when I was doing one of our periscopes on the floor, and I stopped by and said hi. He was he's really fantastic. I really love his art, and I hope that everybody gets a chance to to visit it and see his art. And hopefully, if this giveaway goes well, fingers crossed, mm-hmm. maybe we can get some more giveaways with different folk. Exactly. So yeah, guys, 
just head to, head over to, head to the Twitter, the at the Flash Podcast, and you will get all the information. And and we will announce the winner on the May tenth episode, which should be released on when that Wednesday, that same week. So that's pretty exciting. So, but yeah, that's pretty much our our flashy news for this week. So we're gonna jump right into this episode, episode nineteen, funny enough, called Back to Normal, about a TV show about a guy that runs really fast. Talking gorilla, walking shark, like you know, can this show ever go back to normal? I I don't really think so. So back to normal. That's what I'm gonna call it with quotation marks in the in the air. So we got an introduction to Griffin Gray, which is um, a Flash villain who's actually part of Bart Allen's lore. So Amy, what did you think of? Because on the podcast we've talked a lot about you know villains of the week, you know, one-time metahuman and so on. But what did you think about this one? Because his story was kind of tragic. Tragic, but repetitive. Once again, Harrison Wells ruined my life. I want him to fix my life so it stops being so cruddy, and I'm going to kidnap him and threaten his life to make him do it. Which I feel like we get all the time. It's happened before or it's someone who is using their superpowers that they gained to get all angry at Harrison Wells. I I want there to just be like a Harrison Wells helpline, a Star Labs helpline, where someone can call and be like, hey, so I got this really cool superpower in the particle accelerator. And, you know, I know I'm a metahuman, but I'm having some problems. Any chance you might be able to help me out with, you know, let me just ask you nicely as opposed to crashing your car, your rental car, likely, and then kidnapping you. So, you know, this whole situation, I feel like we've seen it before. There, a lot happened in this episode and... I hate the term filler episode because I don't believe in filler episodes. I think that if an episode is a quote-unquote filler episode, that a good episode should still somehow progress the plot or characters. And this episode did in multiple ways. But for me, this episode kind of fell short. Um, call it standalone uh, episode. That's what I call it. I You know, between filler episode and standalone. Like standalone episodes are, can still be good episodes, but they're, you know, they're, they're standalone. They're not really part of the major plots, but it's still a really good episode. Filler is like, uh, I mean, you know, I know you didn't watch them all, but there was this crappy black and white episode they did in season six. That was a filler episode. So there's Smallville. Yeah. Yeah, and there's there's a point where so I I I know where they were going with this. I know that this episode was meant to fulfill the need to get Jesse and Harry back together. It was necessary to build that relationship between Caitlin and Jay slash Hunter slash Zoom. And we were meant to explore that. I I just, it felt like an episode that, okay, I accidentally skipped it. It felt like the King Shark episode that we had a couple weeks ago where it was like, okay, you know, I could have skipped that. But at the same time, I, I you know, I think it's an almost a natural progression with a show like The Flash that is so based on consistent storytelling and the way that the story weaves through all of the different episodes. I think by having a show that is inherently both a procedural and a continuous serial drama, we risk it occasionally, you know, warping one side to the other. Last week was super story plot heavy. Mm-hmm. This week was more of the procedural aspect. So I didn't mind it. I just think that that I'm getting kind of irked with the villains being the same thing. I think it would have been really cool or more interesting if this Superman who has this super cool ability, Griffin Gray, has a fantastic um, metahuman ability. I, I would have appreciated the possibility that he wasn't 
a villain? I don't know. I guess I'm just getting irked that we don't have any more good metahumans, and I've said this the past couple of episodes. Mm -hmm. That being said, I didn't mind. I thought that it was an interesting uh, development that his superpowers were directly responsible for his increase in age, but when it comes down to it, it was super predictable. Because the second he started having superpowers, I'm like, mm, I bet you him having superpowers is making him age harder. Oh, look, that's exactly what it was. Okay, then. Gr- his last name is Gray. So, you know, he kind of... And his last name is Gray. Kind of doomed himself. I have to go back for a yeah. se- second. You said you didn't like the King, you know, the King Shark episode? Yeah. It was super epic. It, it, was a to- it was a shark. King Shark. Oh, no, I agree. I just... I don't know. Maybe I... Maybe I, I, I Maybe this late in the season, I'm accustomed to where we were last year, which was every single episode was reverse flash centered. And it not not every single, but most of them felt like each episode we were we were in the final home stretch. And this episode, I kind of felt like last episode could have set us up for the home stretch. Mm-hmm. And this episode, we kind of went back a base. It's like we tried to steal second and didn't end up making it. So we had to run back to first. That was a really bad baseball reference because I haven't played baseball in years. I've never played baseball. But that's kind of where we're at. It's like it's like it's like you're trying to steal a base because you want to go forward, but you end up not being able to. So you kind of step take a step back and just go with where you're comfortable. So it wasn't a, it wasn't bad. It just it, it it felt a little same old, same old. I mean, with this one, it kind of felt. I mean, it felt tragic because I I, I can't remember the last villain we had that was kind of becoming a victim of his own power. I mean, Blackguard was sort of the last thing I can remember in it's season true. but that was like in season one and plus he kind of turned into a villain pretty quickly. Grey was just kind of really wanting a cure. And um the one thing I never understood I like I said it was a I thought it was a tragic story and so on and uh, and it kinda of was like, okay yeah they're doing a one week thing. I'm I'm so more pro serialized television as opposed to procedural. Like if I wanted more procedural I watch NCIS or CSI, whatever those shows are called, like cop shows, whatever. And so, yeah, that's kind of how I stand on it. But the one thing I didn't understand at the end, unless I missed a scene or a shot or they just didn't address it, how come he became young again after he pretty much aged himself out? I'm like, I don't remember him getting injected with a serum. Like, did, did you did you catch that too? Mm, I don't know. <sighs> I honestly, I missed that bit because I was thinking about something else entirely. I think I was, I'm going to be really honest. I was tweeting and I was thinking about Hunter Zolomon. So no, 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 I know I, I missed that. Like it was the kind of thing where I looked down and I looked up and I'm like, oh, he's dead. But I, I didn't make the connection that, so did he, yeah, this he, makes me a really bad podcaster. Does he look like he gets young at the end? Yeah. He's back to his old 18 year old self again. It's not explained at all. I'll have to think about that one. I yeah. will. I'll think about that and see if I have an answer for you by the end. Yeah. But yeah, I thought it was, um, you know, and also something I kind of noticing with the way they did this episode is that, you know, it's one thing to do super speed as your special effect and then, and then it's another to do super strength. I think the reason they're making Barry powerless now in the season is because I think they're saving up money for the, I think the last two episodes of now. Smallville used to do this a lot. I mean, Amy... In the final season of Smallville, the, the last three episodes before the series finale, he was Clark Kent was powerless for three different reasons. One week was because he was in the Phantom Zone. There's no yellow sun there. The second week was magic, I think. And the third week was because his father decided to give his powers to Lois to kind of make her, give it a, you know, 
get to try and be him for a day, basically. And and then he got his powers back in the series finale and so on. So it was like, I think it's kind of one of those things they're saving up for money's sake. I mean, I'm glad at least he didn't get his speed back at the end of the episode like he did with episode 7 after he was, you know, broken broken back by Zoom and, you know, annihilated in front of the whole city. So I'm kind of glad, but you can kind of tell they're doing... They're trying to save up something for the for the finale because super strength is not difficult to do on television. Yeah. No, and I I like where they're going for next week because it looks super flashpoint, and I'm looking forward <sighs> to that. But we'll get into that a little bit later. Twelve fifty three. I knew that at some point that this girl is going to mention flashpoint again because of the ending, and I'm like, <laughs> no, I I know I I love flashpoint too, Amy. I do too. It's just that I'm I just wanted to save the storyline for something like. Like a big season, but but yeah, we will we'll talk about it soon. But uh, but yeah, Griffin Gray was. I mean, I kind of prefer if they don't do as many villains of the week for next season. Like try and do recurring villains. Like you know, do a free episode arc where you do mm, um, Golden Glider, then free episode when you do this villain. It's like either you do a one you know a one villain of the week, but do it well, do it compelling enough, or don't do it at all. Because I mean, you're right, Amy. It's kind of takes you out a lot of what's really happening on the show at this point. And so, you know, I talked, I've been talking a lot with, with various entertainment folk, and we've been talking about the idea of what a filler episode is and how a lot of us really don't like the word filler episode, because in our opinion, every episode that doesn't in some way progress the plot or the characters or explore a facet of the story has fundamentally failed as an episode altogether. So this episode, it didn't fail as an episode because we got many different subplots that either built characters or built stories. And for me, the one that I enjoyed the most was not with Caitlin and Killer Frost, which we'll get into in a little bit, but I enjoyed the relationship that we're seeing between Jesse and Harry because it's the relationship where I, I, I guess I didn't imagine her at the end saying, look, here's the reason. I am the reason that you killed that man. And that's a huge burden to bear. When Harry goes and finds her, I thought it was a little bit overdramatic in that apartment room where she's all, I don't want to be with you anymore because you always killed him. And she seems like she's on the verge of tears and almost felt a little overdramatic and unnecessarily so. But then that second scene where they're talking together and both of them are admitting what's in their hearts. This is why I really enjoy this version of Harrison Wells. I think that he's a very honest, real character, which is something we never got with Eobard Thawne. Harrison Wells because of the fact that he was inherently a liar. So I enjoy seeing the, this performance that Tom Cavanaugh brings. And I felt like that second scene, not the scene in the apartment, but the scene where Jesse and Harry make their promises to each other. I thought that was really well done. And I really enjoyed that. And it brings Jesse on board the team. It brings Harry on board the team because Jesse's on board the team. And it, solidifying Team Flash finally, and we're slowly bringing together our core future speedsters. (laughs) So I enjoyed all the little references to Jesse Quick, and he's like, oh, my little Jesse Quick, and Cisco says, I need some of that quick thinking, and I'm going, 
saw what you're doing there. So I enjoyed that. What about you, Andy? Do you felt like this contributed a lot to the story or was it something that maybe was just a rehashing of what we've seen before? No, I feel that at this point in the game, we need we needed them to kind of come together and resolve their issues because you know, there's been a lot of back and since she came to Earth, they've been just been fighting the whole time, and um, I'm still questioning how Jesse had it so easy, just you know making connections, you know finding out about her home and so when you know oh this, Craigslist, of course. Why didn't I think of yeah, Craig, of course Craigslist. No, that's literally the first thing yeah. I thought. I was like, oh, she found a nice Craigslist Craigslist hookup. She probably yeah. got a cool job working at, you know, I don't know, like a Starbucks or a coffee house or something that she knows how to do. I mean, and she's super smart. So she could, she could get any job. She, she is wants. super smart, but she I feel like if she, was, if she got <laughs> that sort of a job, then she wouldn't have been able to leave it so easily because let me tell you, it takes months to get in. Plus now that I think about it, she doesn't have any job references. She also doesn't have a degree from yeah. this earth. That's five <laughs> she just has five majors in college, which, you know, on on a different earth though, because yeah. so if so if she's gonna be hired at a biotech company, and they're like, oh, all right, we need three references and your college degree, please. She doesn't have one to give them. She's like, yes, I went to University of oh, that university doesn't exist in this world. Okay, um, and the references. Do you have an interdimensional telephone? Because if not, I don't have any. Does LinkedIn work here? Does <laughs> LinkedIn? Is there LinkedIn multiverse? <laughs> Multi LinkedIn. That's what we need. Multiverse LinkedIn. Oh yeah. my god. Time Ubers and multi LinkedIn. See, see, we're coming up with your merchandise. This is what you need to get. And <laughs> um, by the way, did you find it was it, it was funny when she mentioned how she had five majors in college? Everyone was like, "Wait, what? How can you have five majors?" She's like, "What? That's not common here." And I gives <laughs> the best one-liner ever. Girl, no, that's 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 not common anywhere. Yeah, I I loved it. I was so. I liked that bit. I liked everything with Jesse. I'm, I'm slowly really coming to like her. Not that I didn't like her before, but she always, to me, just felt a little bit like, okay, plot, character. Mm. And now she's now she's really starting to win me over. So I'm looking forward to her becoming a vital member of Team Flash. I like that he mentioned um, the status of the mother because I was like, wait, is she dead or not? Because her mom in the comic books was a superhero and she she was actually part of the JSA from what I remember so I was glad we kind of, kind of got that addressed and you know that was one of the first I mean I don't think we've seen Kavanaugh cry once on this show so that was kind of powerful and that um where they're living that looks like a cheap hotel or whatever but um but yeah so it was nice to see them come come together and so and you know, that's the thing this show does relationships really well not in terms of like romantic you know they they do Romantic well too, but they do family dynamics really well. You know, this is not like, well, it's not like what it used to be on air when Laurel and Quentin would, you know, yell, you know, yell their lungs at each other. Here it's kind of like, you know, it's more mature, realistic takes on relationships between fathers and daughters or fathers and sons and so. And I like that. So you know, I'm, you know, and I, I want to see her become a speecher as quickly as possible. <laughs> that was a, that I did not not not. <laughs> not. All right, this, this let's show is But yeah, no, I I want to see more just a quick and looking. You know what? Promote the series regular. More female characters on this show, please. You know, when when Harrison Wells at the very end of the episode, and again, we'll get to this a little bit later. He says, "We're going to rebuild the particle accelerator." I'm going, and thus two new speedsters were born because you know that at least one of them, Jesse or Wally, is going to have an unexpected byproduct of whatever happens with them. But we'll get into that in a little bit later. First, let's go to some part of the episode that I didn't like. Over on Earth 2, we've got Caitlin, 
chilling and meeting Killer Frost. I, I loved that. I, I thought it was... Oh, I didn't even realize that. Oh, man. The unintentional puns in this episode. <laughs> so they're just hanging out. And I liked it. I liked seeing the two of them connect. I liked seeing how... I think I think when you look at them side by side, they're really two very different people, but they have some of the same core values. Okay, that was a terrible phrase. I don't mean core values. I mean, they have some of the same core background mm-hmm. with their mom. Uh, but I thought it was interesting that Killer Frost does not have... Or did have a brother, whereas our Caitlin did not. But their moms both had the same frosty personality. And so I enjoyed seeing that aspect. I thought it was a lot of fun to see the two of them connect. I think it had so much potential as a future story to see the two of them consistently at odds, but always coming to each other's rescue. And then they kill Killer Frost. Which, in my opinion, was really not a good decision. I think that she was one of the most dynamic metahumans that we've had. She was that villain that we continue to look forward to that has more than just a villainous side, but has a more in-depth, well-devised and created persona. She's that kind of villain that that all of us have talked about on this podcast that we've enjoyed seeing, and they killed her. And in my opinion, that wasn't the smartest decision. Now, her trying to kill Caitlyn and Zoom saving the day... I can see that. I thought that was interesting, but I, I, I regret that Killer Frost is dead. I really think that we are going to lose something because we're continuing to lose our hold on Earth 2, which in my opinion was is something that has been very strong this season. But now we don't have a uh, vibe. We don't, or reverb. We mm. don't have Killer Frost. We don't have Death Storm. Is that what his name was? Yeah. Death Storm? We don't have have Deathstorm. We don't have Jesse over there. We don't have Harry over there. All we have is Zoom, and he's coming over to this Earth. So we're losing that multiverse aspect that we've been really enjoying exploring. And I know that we're going to get a little bit of it next week, but they're coming over here. So I was a little bit, I, I, I was bummed by the decision that they made to kill Killer Frost because I think if they were going to, they should have waited at least a couple more episodes, if not another season, because she was the villain that, I think we deserved. What about you? What do you think, Andy? It's permission to go on a mini rant, but professional mini rant. Okay. Okay. Uh, yes, this was this was pathetic that they did. I will say that I love seeing those two interact with each other. You know, her talking about you know. So why are you hiding the girl? Have you seen our body? You know, I loved those scenes and them. You know, like her seeing what could have happened to me if I had gone the wrong path or something now i you know it was obvious that she was going to portray caitlin and but the thing is okay and this kind of goes along with something that the media's been talking about a lot lately i don't get what is up with tv shows just feeling the need and desire to just kill off female characters a lot i mean can we stop already it's getting old it's 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 irritating and frustrating especially because we've only had mm, one Three, four episodes with Killer Frost, and there was a there was a post-mortem interview that came out with one of the producers, and you know they talked about it and so, and all they said why why they killed her was oh she had to go. I I don't necessarily know if this is I I I get the trend and I become more in tune to the trend of the the kill your gays and the kill the diverse characters and kill the females. I don't think in this case that it was any sort. I don't think there was any malevolence involved with it. I think it was just another character that has 
died that has happened to be a female. That being said, it's not something that we overlook. It's not something we pretend shouldn't exist. In this case, I know what they were trying to do. For me, the loss comes in the the layers that her character brought as a villain. Because it, we we lost a little bit of that with the destruction of Eobard Thawne. Zoom uh, slash gay slash hunter, while he has that, there's there's almost a, a very fine, fine line to what he does. He's got a game plan and he's sticking to the game plan. And everything that's happening with Caitlyn is starting to add some layers to the onion. But I feel like we don't have that that character depth that we got with Eobard Thawne. And I thought that Killer Frost was delivering some of that for us. So for me, her death is the loss of a very interesting, intriguing character that ends up being a girl where we are getting another female character who who died. But I think that if Killer Frost was a male, they still would have killed him but I, I i get where you're coming from Andy. and this is coming on this is a big conversation that's happening right now in a lot of media because it is coming off the heels of a lot of stuff that's been happening on arrow on the hundred on the walking dead on multiple tv shows where we're consistently seeing minorities that are being killed off and whether it just all happened at once or whether it's something that we're getting more in tune to it's it's hard to to look at all that and not say is there a pattern, and the difficulty comes in trying to say okay well is it was it was it something that's justified for the characters should we have to justify it should we be required to justify their deaths and it's a big conversation and it's the kind of conversation where someone goes and this hit me really well they go okay yeah but here's the thing about the lesbian trope or about the minority trope those characters often end up dead. So if you're not one of those minorities, you're like, oh, that character died. I'm just going to go watch another story where my not minority has a happy ending. But there are fewer and fewer happy endings for these minority characters. And that's where the difficulty starts to lie. And that's where the frustration comes from and is being built on. I don't think that this was in any way necessarily um, respondent to that. I get why they killed her. I just personally don't enjoy losing that sort of a really deep rich character yeah it felt like a weight okay of course and i don't want to accuse and you know you know like attack someone on the show because yeah it's not you know it's not like you know all these deaths it's not like they all you know all the writers of all the tv it's not like they came together and said hey let's in april and make kill of all these female characters just so we can torture on it it's not like they did it something like that it just happened to be okay episode a aired this day this episode aired this day and this day and you know it's you know it just came it just happened to be and so I'm I'm like it's not you know it's I'm more forgiving of this death than I am with for example with Arrow because there was no plan there they didn't even know who they were gonna kill off at the beginning of the season with this it's you know Zoom is the type of character that would kill anyone in a in a heartbeat you know he killed Reverb and Deathstorm because they defined his orders but exactly he, so it's not out of character for yeah. Zoom but the 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 thing is. If you're as a wire, you look at the character of Killer Frost. I think, what there's are there more things we could do with her? And the answer is yes. I mean, like the thing that he could have done was just you know lock her up again or something, or you know br- you know taking w- away one of her hands or something, not kill her off. I just feel that 
I mean, look, this is the multiverse, so, you know, we can just go and meet, uh, pick up another killer from another universe and so on, and redevelop her and whatnot, but it's like, how much re multiverse will they do next season? We might not see the multiverse for a while, you know. I know multiverse is something that DC is really trying to sell hard on right now, both in TV, films, and comics, but it's like, but that doesn't mean that we, meet, we may see it all the time, and the fact that we've now lost Reverb and Deathstorm and Killer Frost is kind of, I mean, okay, so all the bad guys on Earth 2, all the heroes on Earth 2 are bad, and they will die at some point. It's like, that's, it makes us, the story predictable and boring, and it's like, and it's fun to see Earth 1, Earth 2 doppelgangers meet each other and so on, like we did in this episode. So yeah, I by no means, I don't think this was a part of the whole trope that's going on right now, and I wish it would go away, because, guys, we, we need female characters on TV. Come on, stop stop taking them away from us and so on. And when there's so many guys out there, and so th with this I understand, but at the same time, it's like you said, it's a waste. It's a, it's a pro, you're throwing away something potentially awesome that you can do in future seasons. And, and you know, I mean, I don't know, it was... Regardless of whether Killer Frost was a male or female in this case, I would have been saddened by the loss of the character because I do feel like we've lost something um, with this. So... I know story-wise, what we were going for and character-wise, we were building this really very, rather sick connection between Jay and Caitlin. And it's uh -huh. Uh -huh. very textbook, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, uh, not imprinting, it, oh God, it's going to come to me randomly within what, the next you, 20 minutes, watch. The idea word. that, that. Jay is seeing his mother through Caitlyn. So she, he is reliving, the, he's basically seeing his mom in Caitlyn. And we've been watching that. And it's very textbook sociopath. I've watched way too much Law and Order SVU to <laughs> yes, see, yeah, right? To see a character like that sort of, uh, the word is completely escaping me. It's not imprint. I feel like it starts with a P. It will come to me eventually. But Projecting. we are seeing projecting there we go yes he's pro awesome oh. he's projecting these really pent-up feelings for his mother on caitlin or maybe she is even projecting a little bit of his mother onto him and he onto herself and she doesn't realize it because for the, his whole life hunter zolomon has based everything that he's become on his father mm. and then now we're seeing the other side we're seeing him start to adjust the way that he thinks and the way that he's behaving. And he almost looks like he doesn't want to based on what Caitlin is bringing to the story and based on what his mother initially brought to his childhood. So we're seeing that come up. And that was fascinating. That was interesting. And it's also interesting to note that he kept Killer Frost around entirely because of his obsession with Caitlin on our side. Which isn't really again. It's kind of sick and perverted, and object but it's and also, also fascinating. objectifying as well. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. So I thought that was a lot of fun. But bottom line is, is I, I'm going to miss Killer Frost. I think we've lost a really powerful, well developed villain. The best female I villain do, we've had. Yeah, and I do see that. I, I get where they're coming from, and I get what they wanted. And I don't know how they would have gotten around that. I don't know how we would have gotten away if zoom hadn't killed her but i i, I am gonna i am gonna miss that sort of a character yeah and i i mean the good part is is that we do have the multiverse so who knows maybe we'll see a heroic 
killer frog. So maybe our Caitlyn will become a killer frog who is a hero. So it may not be the end of killer frog, but this one, it's, you know, I'm definitely going to miss her. Um, I know we've already talked about Harry and Jesse's repairing relationship. Um, so shall we, we can move to Wally finally getting to meet the Flash, which yeah! to, to me felt like a nice parallel to when Roy Harper was trying to find um, the Arrow in I think it was between season one and season two when he wanted, you know, because Arrow saving him pretty much, it was a wake up call for him and he wanted to improve on his life and he wanted to be his protege. And um, so what did you think about it? As someone who's never maybe read Wally and The Flash, you know, you're writing the comments. So what was that scene for you when they actually got to have that big talk? I I love it because it, it reminds me and I, I, uh, I went initially to Young Justice where Wally is Kid Flash and he's got the mentor of the Flash. And that is so cute. And I love the idea of Wally being mentored by Barry in both universes. In, in where not both universes, both circumstances where you have maybe the the Wally the Speedster being mentored by Barry the Speedster, but then you also have Barry Allen mentoring Wally West. And I enjoyed, honestly, that it wasn't, hey, I want to know how I can get superpowers like you. Hey, I want to know how I can be like you. I love that it was an honest, deep, beautifully personal thank you to Barry. And that's all he wanted. He just wanted to say thank you. He wanted to say thank you for helping me change my life, for helping me turn things around, for helping me realize how precious life is and seeing what you were willing to give up and you are still doing what you can to protect this city, that's really big for Wally. And of everything that's happened these past couple of episodes, for me, the character growth with Wally and between Wally and Joe and Wally and Iris and Wally and Barry has been a blessing because we were nervous when we were intru- we were introduced to Wally that it would be the same old, same old old kid who doesn't want to know his father's going to act out and then he gets in trouble. And they sort of did that, but it could have gone one of two ways. It could have consi- it could have gone, in my opinion, a little bit like Jesse, where they just sort of eh, broke it off and it feels a little bit overdramatic and unnecessary. But I attribute it to to the actors and the actresses and what they bring to these characters but the entire thing with the west family including barry for me has been a really fun treat to watch so i enjoyed tonight when wally said look i just want to tell him thank you because that's a very powerful motive that made me so happy to hear because you know i i'm a huge wally west fan so i'm really glad that you're really enjoying wally as well and so on because you know and a lot of his motivations in the beginning it was explained because you know the the, the the race driving was because he wanted to pay his mom's medical bills and he was also afraid of you know becoming part of his new family and so on so yeah, and i'm you know while some of the bigger plots with zoom and so on has been a little bit confusing and um, and so on for the past few weeks this, this show this season has nailed character development so well with almost everyone that, you know, that's not that you know that's not that's that's a difficult thing these days on when you have large ensemble cast and so on and most of these characters have been you know they've been really fleshed out really well this year so god i love this show and i love that scene <laughs> did, did you like this better than when roy got to meet arrow well that was different in my opinion those are two like i sort of see where you're coming from but that those are two very different things one is hi, I admire you and want to be like you in the case of Roy and Oliver. 
he didn't just want to be on the sidelines. He wanted to do what Oliver did. In this case, Wally with Barry is, hi, I want, hi, thank you, you're awesome. I want to be like you, but not the superhero. I want to be like the human that you are. And that's very powerful. Roy wanted to be the superhero that Oliver's become. Yeah, I was just asking which Wally one you, which one you like wants the most. To be Wally wants to be a human like Barry represents. And that to me is more powerful. That being, I loved everything between Roy and Oliver. One of my favorite things of season two of Arrow by a lot. I loved that whole development, but that was Oliver getting and building a team and getting a sidekick. I'm going to get, crap for calling Roy a sidekick. Oh, he is, is totally a sidekick. <laughs> Anyone who throws crap at Amy... No, guys, Roy Harper was always a sidekick. There was no way in this universe okay. Oliver treated him as an equal, so yeah, he's uh, a sidekick. For me, Wally is just connecting with Barry on a humanity level that the Flash has always been able to bring. Oliver Queen says that in the very first episode. He says, you can be a hero. You can be a light in dark places. You can do the things I could never do. You could be the person and the symbol that I never could. And it's powerful to see someone who is so deeply affected by that and to see them switching their lives around. And you wonder how many other people do that. And you wonder, are there any other metahumans that are going through that same thing that Wally is, who's sitting there going, I have this incredible gift, but I don't know what to do with it. Maybe I need some help from the Flash. Look at what he's doing. So I'd like to see that. I'd like to see this sort of a dynamic that they've introduced with Wally about him grappling towards the the goodness and the kindness and the humanity of who Barry Allen is and turn that into a story with a metahuman, which if Wally turns into a metahuman, that, that, that does the trick. But I mean, but I really I, I, it's a very powerful thing. And I think Barry needed it. Honestly, when it comes down to it, Barry needed that because it reminds him that he isn't just a superhero. He isn't just made of his powers. He isn't just the Flash. He is also a symbol of hope and a symbol of truth and honesty and goodness and human kindness. And that is a big deal. That's a really big deal, and he needed to hear it. And so for me, that was the highlight of this episode. For for a moment, I was thinking when you were talking about how you wanted to see him train other metahumans, it kind of made me think, is Amy pretty much pitching Metahumans Academy for season three of Flash? Because I would be so down for that. (laughs) Can you just see Harry as a professor? Like, he's trying to teach them, and he's got, and like, Dr. Stein and Harry, and you've got Cisco teaching this really fun class, and he makes it like Harry Potter, and they all have house points. (laughs) What what would be the sorting hat? Oh my god, did you use Jay's uh, Jay's helmet as a sorting (laughs) hat? And what, what what do we know? It would be awesome. They can. Cisco doesn't want anything to do with that hat. Yeah, but then he doesn't have to touch it. You know, let's just put it on the other kids. I mean, I mean, look, we, we're on to something here. You know, Hogwarts for metahumans. I'm, you know, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But, um, but let's get to to the, the two major endings, which you know, are doozies. So, Amy, what happened at the at the end of these of this episode? Uh well, first off, Zoom did exactly what we expected him to do. He's like. Yeah, I kind of took over Earth 2. We're going to Earth 1. We're going to take that over, which understandably is probably his Earth 2 because his Earth would be his Earth 1. Anyway, it makes sense. He's like, well, I've conquered this world. 
guess I'll move on to the next. And I did like him saying that he intends to conquer multiple Earths because that is very comic book and I enjoy that a lot. And then we get Barry being like, oh, guys, I need my speed back. And Harrison Wells is like, I got you. Let's do another particle accelerator. And I'm sitting there going, this is such a bad idea. I mean, it's going to be summertime. When are you going to find lightning this time of year? <laughs> yes, because that's the like, problem. <laughs> that's the like, problem. I had this great vision in my head for a second. I'm like, what if they call Weather Wizard? They're like, yo, Weather Wizard, we need you to bring some heat. But I really a fire pun for a, for a weather based character. It I mean, wasn't a pun intended. It's a dramatic statement. Oh, okay. I mean, <laughs> I thought you were me, like merging fire to fire heat wave with the with, you know bring the thunder. That's what that would should. be cool. That would be cool. Well, that's Thor. That's Thor's job to bring thunder, and that is a different universe. Well, funny although enough, Thor oh isn't in Civil War, so who knows? Maybe he is just chilling in the DC universe. I mean. Liam McIntyre is Australian too, so you know maybe it's just you know Australian people are all gods and they can just you know bring thunder down. <laughs> the Australians are just chilling. They're like, oh no, you go deal with it yourself. <laughs> was that your was your, was that your Aussie accent? I can do a better Aussie accent. That was a really bad Aussie accent. I wasn't even thinking when I started that. I didn't intend it to be an Aussie accent, Take and then two. it sort of ended up being a really bad one. Take two. I can do a decent one, but I'm not going to do it right now. Okay. What did you think? Are they actually going to pull this off? I mean, it depends on what they're going to do. Are they going to do one that is only, like, in, you know, and here at 4127, fl like Flashpoint, where I had to make, I had to make the timestamp, uh, like Flashpoint, where they recreate them, the experiment and whatnot, or is he literally going to build a giant-ass particle accelerator again that could potentially affect... Maybe not just Central City this time. What if he acts, makes one so big that it affects, you know, other cities nearby, like Star City or Opal or, City? Or, like, screws up with the uh, Speed Force and then messes around with history. And Barry gets trapped in a Speed Force. And maybe ends up in a world where, you know, his mom didn't die. So that'd be cool. I love how much you love Flashpoint. I'm so, pr <laughs> I'm so proud of you. I <laughs> It is it is a it is a special comic for me because it's one of the first Flash comics I ever read. Oh, you have seen the movie too, right? Yeah, I love it. Oh, it's it's hard, but yeah, it depends. Like I'm mixed about this. This could be really interesting because you know it could give Jesse and although I still feel that Jesse maybe already has powers coming because of V9, uh, but maybe the 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 force needs to kind of you know kick off the V9 in her body or something. But I feel <laughs> like this could this could go either. Really, really uh, well, uh, where we get more metahumans, you know, that are, you know, with some of our heroes like Jesse and Wally, and maybe some more female characters that are, you know, heroes and villains. I'm just saying, maybe that's that, maybe that's how Killer Frost on Earth One comes to life. I'm just <laughs> saying, uh, or this could go really, really w bad, where maybe someone dies, maybe. Barry gets trapped in the Speed Force as a result of it. I don't know. So it all depends what they do next week. Uh, or yeah. The, because it could go either way. Good, <laughs> good, or really, really bad. Yeah, this episode is going to set up a lot. This is either next week's episode is, is going to make or break, and I think it's going to set up the last running streak of this series, or of the season, and let us know where we're going. I think that it will probably go one of two ways. Either they will start the episode rather quickly getting into the particle accelerator 
aspect or that will be at the very end and then we'll just cut to black and then the week after that all the craziness goes down so we'll have to see but zoom is definitely going to come over and try to take over the world barry's definitely going to need his speed asap and harrison wells is basically going to try to funnel the entire particle accelerator into if i'm looking at this the trailer next week into like a a, a device a machine as opposed to letting it happen naturally. And if, you know, if you've read the Flashpoint comic, you know that the first time doesn't go well. Oh, it doesn't go well at all. It oh, doesn't go well at all. That's gra- That is extreme graphic. That if we, that, as mm-hmm. in the book, when the first time goes around, you guys should pick it up if you haven't read it. It is a really good comic, but uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to see where this goes. It's, it's a little bit, uh, not repetitive. Uh, it was a little bit predictable. But yeah, I didn't see this coming at all. Actually, I didn't know this was going to happen. That they were going to... But at the same time, how else could they, have, could they have done that? Like, you know, bringing back his power. Well, you and I and Jason thought last week that we were going to see that, oh, well, because he created the Speed Force, it's going to come back to him. But I guess maybe... Maybe the show isn't following that version of the, of the, of the superpower? Well, from what I understand, that what Jason said last week is that, that comic book canon, that's not the way it goes. In this show, it was retconned so that Barry Allen is basically the, and and I think in the new 52, Barry Allen is the source of the speed force, but that's not always how it's been. So it could, there could be different aspects involved. We'll have to see where this goes. It has to be done. It has to be done right. So I'm looking forward to it. But, uh, but yeah, with that said about the episode, let's go to some, uh, some feedback about uh, what the listeners had to say about this week's episode of The Flash. Uh, First tweet comes from at M Dreamer C, Killer Frost's death was way too much. Thought she'd pop out forever. She was a villain, but I liked her. And Wally's becoming a serious man? Jeez, that gave me the feels. I can't even with this episode. I can't even. These last episodes are getting me really hard. At B-L-E-I-K-A-L-A said he's very confused. Tomorrow's the Arrow funeral and Barry speeds there, but he doesn't get his speed back till next week. I mean, the best way to summarize it is that I think one of the producers said, you know, that that, that there is some out of, t- it's not, uh, it's not synced so far, and that's you know that was an issue last year as well. And so you never know what these hiatus says and how these you know because these are two separate writers' rooms. They're they're not sitting together and writing all these episodes together and so on. So it's, I mean, maybe what we will see tomorrow is that we will see the effects of episode twenty rupture already have happened. That's how he has his feedback. I almost am inclined to say that he probably, the Arrows episode tomorrow, probably takes place before they find out that Zoom is Hunter Zolomon. I would guess, because remember, uh, Oliver's like, oh, you got to go deal with Zoom. And he's like, yeah. So it's possible that maybe it took place two episodes ago, in which case Arrow is a couple episodes behind. He said, when Barry arrived at the funeral, he said the reason he was late was because of Zoom. So that's what I mean. Because remember, they had that whole plan to take down Zoom. So what if he literally went in between while while they're printing all the life-size Kinko's prints of his <laughs> parents? Maybe that's when he goes to visit. Because all of this stuff on Arrow is happening within a very short amount of time. Flash is a little bit more spaced out. So we'll see. Uh, it's, it's, it's the kind of thing where at this point I'm just going to stop trying. Because remember last season when we had... Ray and Felicity show up, very much still a couple on the Flash. The very episode after on Arrow that they had broken up. That was so, so awkward. 
Yeah. That was really like, awkward. Weird. So you just got to accept it. Yeah. Uh, next tweet at Indigo Blue 171 said he enjoyed the episode, but that the decision at the end was beyond stupid. At D123 Tommy, I liked it, but killing off Killer Frost made me mad. At Lauren X B R N G, the ending surprised me. I hope Wells knows what he's doing. And finally, at Super Side Up, I liked it better than last aspect, but the more I see and hear from Zoom, the more he looks like a murderous Scooby Doo villain. Which it was it was those darn kids. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what's funny with that because Robbie Mel played Fred in one of the reboots. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, um, sure. it was weird not having a blonde Ro- Fred, but whatever. I mean, color means everything. No, it doesn't. Uh, but that that is uh, our feedback for this week. If you guys want to tweet us your thoughts about each episode of The Flash, just tweet us at The Flash Podcast after the East Coast and West Coast air, and we'll read as many as we have time for. So, again, thank you so much for tweeting in. But that's going to wrap up our episode. We're going to do some quick plugs now, and then we're going to get to uh, interesting spoiler discussions. So, Amy, where can people find you on social media and your other projects? Uh, you guys can find me at Amy underscore Marie 97 on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find me co-hosting the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. And you can find me on Twitter at Andrew Becht, and uh, I'm on Instagram as well under the same name. I will try to post more interesting stuff. And uh, you can find my work at Hero Hollywood, TV Overmind, The Model Report, and all over the place on DCT Podcast. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Vine, and Periscope, all under the Flash Podcast. Um, I don't know. Do we have a Snapchat, Amy? Uh, no, we don't, but we should. Yeah, get us a snap. You know how it works. I I don't even I can't even find people's snaps. I I joined a week ago and I still don't know how to, how it works. So yes, Snapchat's we, tricky. Yeah, Ish. and it sounds it, Snapchat sounds like an easy name, so it should be easy. But whatever. Uh, you can subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Please head over to iTunes, subscribe, hit ra- hit some rating and reviewing because that helps a lot. The more exposure we get, the more we can do for you guys and uh, listen to us live on the mix network at wednesday 6 p.m eastern and check out our entire amazing dc podcast network at dcpocket.com where you can find pockets for arrow slash felicity and friends haha air flash letters tomorrow gotham and supergirl as well as dc movies and if you have any questions email us at the flash at gmail.com so that's it we're gonna now jump to the preview session for next week's episode so if you're not sticking around I'm Andy B. I'm Amy Marie. And we will see you next time on the Flash Podcast.
I need my powers back. How would you do that? By recreating the particle accelerator explosion. The last time he was in a coma for nine months. I know what I'm doing. This could kill my son. I have to do this. The Flash, only this Tuesday at 8, 7 central on The CW. And welcome back to the preview session for the Flash podcast for next week's episode of The Flash. Next week's episode is the 20th episode of Season 2 called Rupture, which is a huge deal in the, for DC Comics fans out there. So Amy is going to try, try, and I know she'll do well. She's going to do a really awesome, dramatic reading of the episode <laughs> description of Rupture. So Amy, the floor is yours. DC Comics character Rupture comes to Central City with Zoom. Zoom arrives back on Earth-1, intent on taking over Central City. Barry and Wells come up with a plan to stop Zoom once and for all, but it's extremely dangerous. Unsure if he should take the risk, Barry reaches out to both fathers for advice. Henry is adamantly opposed to Barry risking his life again, but Joe thinks he can handle it, which puts the two men at odds with each other. Meanwhile, Sisko is shocked when he vibes to Earth-2 villain Rupture, who happens to be his brother Dante's, guest star Nicholas Gonzalez, doppelganger. Rupture comes to this earth seeking revenge for Reburb's death. Iris decides she's finally ready to open up to Barry about her feelings for him. Armin V. Kenkorian directed the episode written by Kai Yuen and Lauren Serto. So when I said dramatic, I didn't know it was going to be loud, so I had to take off my headphones. But that oh. was really good. <laughs> that was really good. Oh, I'm so excited for this episode. There's um, Okay, so the, the Rupture is the character of... Cisco's brother in the DC universe called Armando, who disappears in the beginning of his own vibe in the in the vibe book. And I'm not gonna give away too much, but if you want to read more about vibe and Dante and Armando, I would um, pick up uh, Justice League of America's Vibe, which uh, collected trade paperback by Amazing Sterling Gates, also written by Andrew Kreisberg and Jeff Johns for the first two issues. And it looks like they're adapting Rupture now for Dante, and I mean the costume looks. Sick. I mean, Amy, that is literally what the content looks like in the comic. They, it's he jumped out of the comic book pages. What are your thoughts about this? Are you excited to see Rupture, aka Don Ramon from Earth Two? Yeah, I'm stoked. This should be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm excited to see where this goes. I'm more excited for watching that preview. I'm excited to see what, uh, how, how the, the sort of machine looks and is created. And here's my weekly fringe reference. It looks exactly like Peter getting in the machine. So if you've watched Fringe. You know what I mean. And that machine was a bridge between multiple universes. So it seems to me that it's certainly possible that that machine could end up being a consistent bridge between multiverses, which would be really cool. So I'm excited. I, I'm also excited to see Henry Allen back because it's been a while because, yeah. I mean, where the, where the fuck did he go? Honestly, I mean, how long has he, if he says, oh, I've been camping this whole time, I'm like, you know. Sweet, nobody camps that long. I mean, yes, you came out of prison and you wanted to explore the world, but seriously, nobody camps for that long. And I'm actually excited because this is um, Armin V, who he, he's the guy who does all the amazing special effects for Flash, Superman Legends, and this will be his directorial debut. So I'm still suspicious that Henry Allen is somehow connected with Zoom. I, I have this crazy theory in my head that this whole time, because Henry doesn't want Barry to to do what he's going to do. He doesn't want Barry to get his speed back. That this whole time, Zoom was like, look, here's the deal. You're going to do everything possible to sabotage your own son. And in return, I won't kill him. Here's a crazy deal? theory. Deal. Here's a crazy theory. Um, what if Henry Allen is actually just an older version of Hunter Solomon? Mm. 
Nine. Okay, that was crazy. I don't. I don't know. No, it's it's interesting. I don't. I don't know. No. I mean, I don't anymore. think it's gonna happen. Now, I want to talk about another thing before we wrap up. Um, Iris decides she's finally ready to open up Barry about her feelings for him. Oh my. West Allen, it's happening. It's happening. Like I Yeah, but what's Barry gonna say? What is it what is he gonna say? He's gonna say, Oh my god, I love you too. I we should be together. It's destiny. I swear to God, if something someone or something comes in the way, I I will look, I don't I won't censor myself on Twitter. I will go on a rant because I mean if Linda comes back, if Patty comes back, if Felicity comes back, if Oliver comes back and gets in the way, I will I mean I will break a house. Because no, I I wonder if it's the kind of situation where everything is so complicated with Barry's life right now, and he's got a lot of danger. I wonder if he would be willing to to put her in that risk. But then again, Iris is perfectly capable of being like, "Look, yo, bro, I'm cool with it." So I think Barry needs a friend right now, and I hope that I hope it works out with them. I do. I I don't know if it'll it'll work out. I feel like. I feel like we're, we're it's not just because that's the way that this show works. I mean, no <laughs> but one I really happy want ending. to see it work. I mean, no one has a happy ending. Is that what you're saying? Basically, I mean, it, I mean, this this season has been a lot of people not getting happy endings. So maybe the maybe this is the happy ending that we've been leading up to. But I mean, that, we'll see. I mean, it's West Allen. Like, if it comes to fruition, and it happens this season. I mean. Look, I might be emotional next week when we record. Like, I might have to need <laughs> tissues next to me. And I mean, I would still love to see him kiss in the season finale and the lightning strikes just behind him. Just like uh, is there's an epic combo cover where it happens where they're kissing and the lightning strikes just behind them. So if it happens, I mean, look, I'm going to nerd out so hard. But yeah, any other thoughts about this episode? What do you, I mean, do you think Dante will be seeing his doppelganger maybe? Um, I, I don't want to really speculate on anything more. I, I'm just excited to see where we go from here. Cool. Well, guys, that's going to wrap up for this week's episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. And remember, we do have a cool giveaway. So head over to the Flashbook Twitter and find out how you can enter to win an amazing ba- artwork banner. So, but until then, thank you so much for listening once again and have a good one.